0: If you turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 8, we're going to continue in that theme as Jesus began to introduce a very difficult part of his plan to his disciples. We started looking at it last week in Mark chapter 8. This morning we're going to start with verse 34, just after Jesus rebuked Peter for telling him no. Do you remember the strength of his rebuke? He said, get out of my sight, Satan. That's a strong rebuke. Especially coming from someone, the one, who knows what Satan is like. Jesus knew the power of that rebuke more than Peter did. The strength of that rebuke. The seriousness of it. Because as Jesus said to Peter, he didn't, have in think, he didn't have in mind the things of God. He had in mind the things of man. Because Jesus said that he was going to die on the cross. That he was going to be crucified. But also that he was going to rise again. Peter didn't like that plan. It didn't sound good to him. It didn't sound like it would be good for him or the rest of them. And so he said, no, you can't do that, Jesus. And Jesus gave that strong rebuke. Then he called the crowd, verse 34, he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, so the disciples are still listening. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him, when he comes into his Father's glory with the holy angels. We've heard some of those lines before, haven't we? For example, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We've heard that expression, take up our cross, a lot. It's, it's actually one of the one of the expressions that's common in our in our culture, whether whether people are Christians or not, everybody has some kind of idea of you know having to bear a cross because again of the influence of the gospel, the influence of Jesus in our culture. but a lot of people don't really realize what it means it doesn't mean yeah I've got a bad back and that's just the cross I have to bear or you know i've, I've I, you know, Sherry might think, you know, I've got her husband. <laughs> you know, I've got that cross. I, I, I've got that cross to bear. When Jesus said this, remember, he's talking to the crowd and his disciples. His disciples just heard him talk about the fact that he was going to have to die, be crucified, and they, again, Peter speaking for them, you know, they weren't for that. It didn't sound good to them. Now he's taking it a whole other step further and saying, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. You know what immediately came to their minds? Not a, you know, weird husband. Immediately came to their minds. What they've seen in their own experience, people carrying their cross to the place of their own crucifixion. That's the way the Romans ultimately punished people in that era. In that area, they had seen that. They knew exactly what he was talking about. He was telling them that if they wanted to come after him, they would have to die. Not a real inviting invitation. But as he continues, he says, and it will be worth it. It will be worth it. To die. He he wasn't speaking of physical death. He wasn't saying that you are that you're gonna have to give up your life. He isn't saying that every single person who, who follows after me is is gonna be killed for their faith. But he's saying that our lives have to be killed so that we can really receive him, that we can really know him. We have to give up ourselves and all the efforts that we've made and are making to try to enter into a relationship with him or try to earn our our place in eternal life in heaven. You see, you got to stop you gotta, you got to quit that. You can't do that. You've got you to put those efforts to death. And then, as you follow me, you've got to put yourself to death, your own desires. And you've got to take mine up. But, but again, he says, it's going to be worth it. As he continues, look what he says. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel... We'll save it. So in, in dying to ourselves and giving ourselves up for him, you see, we're not losing anything. Oh, we are losing some, are losing some things. You know, just as I was sharing with the children this morning, we're, we're losing some things that, that we really like to do, we, that we really like to emphasize, that we really like to focus on in our lives. We may be losing some of those things if those things go contrary to what he's telling us. It's he how he wants us to think how he wants us to live he was telling that to peter just moments before this when he told him when he said get behind me satan get out of my sight because peter wasn't dying to himself peter was peter was was fully engaged in his own priorities and his priority was self-preservation which is something that all of us are born with. We, we, he, Peter wanted to survive. Jesus was talking about dying. Jesus was saying he's going to go to the cross. And Peter was, we didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. And Peter didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want anybody to go to the cross. He wanted Jesus to bring the kingdom in right there. And let's do this. And let's live victorious. Let's live, let's live for eternity right now. Let's do that. Jesus said, no. You've got to to do it my way. And my way is I'm literally going to the cross. And you also have to follow me in that. You've got to pick up your cross. You've got to say, I'm dead now. I'm not in charge anymore. And I'm going to do it your way, Jesus. Beginning with believing that what Jesus was doing was going to be sufficient for me. Some Some of the disciples... We're also going to be crucified. Tradition holds that Peter himself was crucified in Rome upside down, but he died by crucifixion. We're not positive that it was upside down, but that's what the, the, the tradition says. And it's a pretty strong tradition with some good evidence. But Peter's crucifixion, even upside down, wasn't going to save anybody. Because as we know from reading the Gospels, Peter wasn't perfect. Peter was not the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, nor are any of us. But that's what John the Baptist said about Jesus, and he was right. So Jesus was going to the cross, letting them in on that, telling them that, and saying, if you don't go along with this plan, you're going to lose your life. But if you do go along with this plan of losing life, you're going to save your life. And I think, well, what kind of life did, did Peter have, having to, having to give everything up and then at the end be crucified? Well, there's life after that. And even, even between the time when Jesus sustained this and when Peter was crucified, Peter had the opportunity to, As he died to himself and lived for the Lord, gave himself up for the Lord, gave himself up for the gospel, he was able to live a rich life. might not have looked rich to anybody who was measuring wealth by money or by fame or by great reputation, but he was rich in the fact that he was able to let people know how they also could find eternal life. Because eternal life is life. It's the life that we were made for. This life is just preparation for that one. That's why Jesus said in his prayer in John 17, as he was praying for his disciples, he said, Father, I want them to be with me where I am so that they can see my glory. They haven't even begun to live yet until they see me in my glory. That's when real life begins, and that comes after this life. And he's saying these things, saying, woe to you, pity, I pity you who are gaining this whole world, but are forfeiting your very soul. So I feel for you. You think you've got, you think that you're onto something. You think that, that by gathering you know, to yourself all these things, or all these friends, or all these likes, you think you think you're gaining something he said you got to lose that and I'll give you life you give up the stuff that doesn't matter and I'll give you the stuff that does in this life cuz remember even though Peter's life ended as we would as we would think you know badly you know nobody nobody said he oh he, he passed away peacefully no he was on a cross was nothing peaceful about that. But his life up to that point was rich and full. Because he was living the yes life to his master, not the no, Jesus can't be like that. He was living the yes life. Yes, Lord, I will do what you say, even if it costs me, even if it hurts me, even if people won't like me for doing it. I'm going to do it your way. And he was winning that victory all the way to glory. And then when he arrived and again saw his Savior face to face, and unlike, you know, we're going to see Jesus face to face, and that's going to be awesome, but Peter's going to see him again because he got to see him in this life. And what a reunion that was for them. And Peter remembered again, yes, it was worth it. Look what what Jesus says. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for me and and the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. When Peter arrived, Jesus wasn't ashamed of him. Jesus didn't say, Get out of my sight, Satan. Because Peter grew out of that. Peter Peter grew out of out of that having seen his Savior. And remember, he didn't grow out of it quickly. You remember in the garden? When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, you remember what Peter did? He missed. Well, he didn't miss completely. He caught the servant's ear, took it off. But don't believe he was going for the ear. He was. He was ready to go down fighting. And Jesus picked the ear back up, put it back on the guy. Said, put your sword away, Peter. I got to do this. They got to take me. Remember these; these were the same soldiers that were taken that Jesus had just moments before knocked down with his name when he said, "I am He," identifying with the "I am" because Jesus is God. You remember how? You remember how he introduced himself to to Moses? When Moses said, hey, what, who should I say sent me? I am that I am. That's Jesus in the burning bush. That's Jesus in the garden. Not, they're not taking his life from him. They, Jesus doesn't need Peter to chop somebody's head off. Jesus proved that just moments before as he knocked those guys down on their back. Just by the mention of who he is. But he said, Peter... I gotta go here. I gotta do this. This is the way to life. My death. And you follow my example. You die to yourself now, the rest of your life. And do what I say. And your life's gonna count for something. First of all, you're gonna have eternal life because you're trusting in me. You're gaining life right there. As soon as you die to your own efforts, As soon as you die to your own goodness, to your own righteousness and realize it's not sufficient. I remember that moment, as we were saying just a little bit ago in Amazing Grace, the hour I first believed, I remember that moment when the grace of God was explained to me in a way that I could get it at that, finally at that time. And I realized that my good, my righteousness, my good deeds, they weren't going to measure up but that Jesus would give me his by his grace and so dying to myself dying to my own righteousness i was brought to life as jesus told nicodemus i need to be born you need to be born again i was born again in the righteousness of god i'm going to be i'm going to live for eternity because of the righteousness of god not because i've been good enough not because i've been some great pastor or preacher not because I've told people about Jesus, but because I believe in Jesus and He has made me His righteousness. That's how I'm going to. Know, that's how I know that I'm going to join Peter and the others in His glory, dying to my righteousness, dying to my attempts at pleasing Him, and saying yes to Jesus and His righteousness, His death on the cross, His resurrection. That in His resurrection, I also will be resurrected. And that he will be proud to call me his child when he sees me face to face. Not because I've been so good. But because I wasn't ashamed. Say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Yes, Jesus, I'll glorify you. That's That's what I'll spend my life doing now. Dying To what this man wants. And living to what this man wants. And he will not be ashamed. It's a a battle. It is a war. Every single day. Many times throughout the day. As we have to decide as our minds are being renewed from God's Word, as we're looking in in these pages, and we find ourselves disagreeing by practice with some of what we're reading, we've got to decide: Are we going our way? Are we going His way? Oh, for those of us who know Him, for those of us who have put our trust in Him, we still have those moments when We give in to what this man wants to do, what that woman wants to do, what we want to do instead of what he wants us to do. We still have that struggle. We still have that that war going on. Peter put it like this in 1 Peter 2. He said, Abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. There's a war going on, it's a battle. It's going on before we receive Jesus. When we're deciding, can I really trust Him? Do I want to really trust Him? Do I want to live my life for Him? And then when we hear what He says, life depends on this. We've got to give up this life, being in charge of this life, and give it to Him. To receive the life that He has for us, is it, is, it, is it going to be worth it? Well, He says it's going to be worth it. We have to believe. We have to decide. Do we believe that that He's really going to keep His promise, and He's really going to make it worth giving up ourselves? Even in some cases, as Peter experienced, even dying for Him. Is, is it going to be worth that? And those of us who are able to say yes, it, it is. I, I believe You, Jesus. And then along the way, it's going to be a battle. That's where we're at right now. Those of us who have already put our trust in Him, we're, we're in the battle. We're daily deciding: Am I am I going to say no to me and yes to Him? Whether it's in our in our relationships, our marriages, relationships with our kids, with our parents, whether it's how we use our, our mouths, our tongues. Knowing what His Word says about how He wants us to use our tongues. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful and edifying to others, that they might be built up. We know that. It's, it's, I don't know why it feels so good to say something else. To say something different. To use my tongue in another way. To be profane, even. Some people say, sometimes you just have to to get the point across. Jesus, said, no, you don't. That's not, why I gave, that's not why I gave you that tongue. That's not why I gave you breath. To speak. I gave it to you so you could do something good with it. Only something good. And so we've got to decide all the time. We've got to decide. Is it worth it? He says it is. He says it. He says as we die to ourselves, as as we give up this life, what we really want to do, what our, what our flesh really wants to do, what this culture has convinced us that we really want to do. What Satan because remember Satan's involved in this too. We saw that clearly when Jesus was, was talking with Peter. You know, Peter wasn't being possessed by Satan at that moment, but he was being influenced because Satan had been lying to Peter like he lies to all of us, that life is really all about us, all about how we feel, all about our future, all about our success instead of all about God. Satan Satan would have all of us forget about our creator. Most people don't, never think about their creator, you know that? They never think about him. They're just so busy doing all the stuff that we got going on. They never stop to think that they were created by somebody for a purpose. But those of us who know Jesus, we know better than that. And so we say no to that notion that Satan's planted in in the into our culture and into our lives, that it's all about us. He said, no, you give that up. You give up your life for me in the gospel. You remember the gospel, the good news about Jesus, the, the good news that there is hope for people because of what Jesus has done. There's hope for us. There's hope for others. We give up our lives for that. We're never going to be disappointed because there's life in that. That That lasts forever living our lives for Him. Those things, the things that happen because we give ourselves up for Him, those things never stop living. The stuff that we accumulate, that stuff's not going to last. It is going to burn up. And, and, And I feel for the people who already know Jesus, who have slipped back into living for that stuff. The Apostle Paul paints a picture of that in 1 Corinthians, he says, oh, they're going to be saved because they believe in Jesus, but they're going to be saved as as through fire because all of their life, all the stuff of their life is going to be burned up because it's all temporary in nature. But not those who, who, who live for him. Not those of us who, who continually die for ourselves. Then the stuff of life is going to last forever because it's it's eternal by nature. Because it, it represents the eternal life. Think about John Kozad today as he was praying for offering. mentioned the, uh, the trip that Sam's going to be taking to Kenya and Turkey. Just, we'll just use that one for an example. Um, the reason Sam's going to be able to go is because people like us have given finances to support that ministry, support his, ability, you know, his physical ability to be able to go. So the offerings come in here and into other churches and, and end up in the coffers of, of Wycliffe Associates, and they buy his plane ticket, and he goes over there, and he'll help a, a, two different groups of people, one in Turkey, one in Kenya. He'll help them get started on translating their Bible into sign language. Because almost all deaf people in in other countries other than the United States, almost all deaf people are illiterate in terms of being able to read their language. So if there's a Bible in their language that doesn't do them any good, they can't read it. So they, they, they get to watch on YouTube the Bible in their sign language. And some of those people, probably many, are going to put their faith in Jesus Christ because that's what happens when people read the Bible. And so they're going to be in heaven. and those of us who gave toward that to, to help that happen you know we gave real money money that we could have really spent on something else something a lot more fun we could have, we could have spent it on you know whatever but we didn't we gave it they used it some people came to faith in Christ that's forever Whatever else you might have used that money for, it would be gone after you used it. Whatever you bought with that, it's going to be burned up at some point. But you know what's never going to be burned up? That deaf Kenyan who shows up at your door in heaven. Or actually, it's going to be showing up at his probably. Because what's, what the Word of God says is, You'll be in some some circumstance in glory, in, in God's glory, and and this deaf Kenyan is going to come up to you and say, "Thanks." You say, "For what?" He says, "Oh, I was a deaf Kenyan, and because of your dying to yourself for the gospel, I found out about Jesus, and I'm here now. So come on." Because Jesus said we're going to be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And that's going to happen over and over and over and over again in glory. For all of us who've given up this life in exchange for Jesus. He makes it eternal. And he will not be ashamed. If we're not ashamed... To obey him, to speak for him, to represent him, to give to him, to serve him. He's not going to be ashamed of us. The opposite of ashamed, you know. He's going to be proud of us. He's going to use that term that we, that we, from reading the Gospels, are looking forward to hearing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You took what I gave you and you used it for me. You didn't waste it. You didn't kill it. You used it. You put your own desires and the desires of your culture to death. And you live for me. Good job. Good idea. And the question is, is that our life? Is that our death? Have we died to ourselves? Have we taken up our cross and said, I'm not in charge of this anymore. I'm giving myself to Jesus. Oh, it starts by receiving him. That's the first death that we, that we give. We die to our attempts at saving ourselves. But it continues on and on and on as we continue to die to ourselves and live for Him. That's why we're here. We need help. We need need some others involved in this same project. In this same sacrifice. The killing of what we want to do. We need help. We We need the Lord's help. We need our renewed minds. And we need the body of Christ. To encourage and pray and give and help. That's what we do. And that's what we are doing. But we have to remember that it's all done with a cross on our shoulder. As we recognize we are not doing this for ourselves. We're not doing this by ourselves. We're dying to ourselves and living for Him. Praise God for his amazing grace. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that Jesus did not have in mind the things of men. But as God, as our Savior, he had in mind the things of God. And we thank you for his explanation, we thank you for his illustrations. We thank you that in dying He gave us life. And that in dying to ourselves, we gain eternity. Help us to remember that, Father. Help us help us to be conscious of the choices that we're making. And to recognize that some of the choices lead to temporary joy. And other choices lead to eternal joy. Help us to remember that. And we thank you for your plan. Not a plan, as, as Peter admitted, not a plan that we would have come up with. We would not have instituted you having to die on the cross, but you knew the necessity of your death. Because of your great glory, Our sins against you were so great that we had to die. We thank you, Jesus, for taking our place, for dying for us, so that in you we could live. There may be some here this morning who still haven't come to life yet. They still haven't been born again. They still haven't put their trust in Jesus, Give them the courage right now to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. Give them the faith to do that. Give them the wisdom to do that. Help them to see that is how they will gain life. What they really want, what they really need. Help them not to let anything keep them from that. And then, Father, those of us who know you, help us not to let anything interfere with our following you. By denying ourselves and taking up our cross. Remind us of the amazing rewards that you have in store for us, including the fact that you're going to be proud of us. It's hard for us to imagine that, but it's all because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.